Well, as I make my way up, good morning. Uh, for those of you who don't, do not know who I am, my name is Ryan Samuels. I am the student ministry pastor here. And it is an exciting morning, isn't it? I was up, there was fireworks going off at 2 in the morning. It was such an exciting <laughs> night. Uh, yeah, I, I was the one doing it. Um, but uh, I'm excited this morning because I'm excited to share about what God has laid on our hearts. And you might be asking, you're saying our. Now, Dave alluded to it, but I have the privilege, and I'm excited for you guys because I have the opportunity to co-teach alongside Elijah Merrill this morning, our, text, our tech director, our text director, imagine that, our tech director. I have had the privilege to be on staff with Elijah for over four years, well, for around four years. And throughout this time, I've gotten to know and got really close with Elijah. And for many of you, when, we, when they asked us uh, if we wanted to speak this morning, which we said yes, immediately we went back to all the times we had been seen together on a Sunday morning. All the time. For those of you who don't know, uh, I'll recall, we can recall back to, oh man, I think it was pre-COVID when we did our Back to Basics series, and we debuted two characters named Doug and Pete. Tons of people were like, we don't know which one was Doug and which one was Pete, but it was two people, two big guys named Doug and Pete. To more recently, all of our church expectation videos that we have done, and, and, and it goes through the experience of two guys who are goofy, but it's maybe their first time coming to church, or maybe it's their first Easter service or Christmas service, or maybe it's their first time serving. Either way, Elijah, throughout that period of four years, has truly become one of my best friends. And so it is really an honor, and it's an amazing opportunity to be able to, to co-teach and sit down and talk through what we were doing. And so, who knows, maybe Doug and Pete might show up this morning. Maybe they might come out, you know, maybe we call them up, who knows, maybe they will show up. But, um, and all silliness aside, when we were asked to speak, we knew quickly what God was going to, what God was laying on our hearts. It was very similar for both of us, and we quickly knew what he wanted us to share with all of you. And so that, with all that sharing, with all that background, uh, we're going to jump in and talk about the importance of recognizing your call, recognizing and relying the call that God has laid on your life, with an emphasis on recognizing, responding, receiving, rejecting, and relying. So I want to preface with this, okay? So bear with me. The word call, calling, is going to be used a lot, okay? So just, just bear with on that, but it's going to be good. So when we talk about our calls, you may be asking yourself a couple of questions. What is a call? Maybe that's the first thing. You don't even know what a call is. You don't even know what a divine appointed call is. Uh, who is called? Am I called? All those questions may be running through your head, and so I want to start here. All believers have this overarching call on their life, Matthew 28's call. The Great Commission, if you have never heard of the Great Commission, I, I implore you to listen here because this is, uh, this is the call that all believers have been asked to do. It says, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, 
if we establish this thought that every believer is called to make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach all Christ has commanded of us, and we're still maybe on that fence of, am I called though? I got that, sure. It's overarching, sure, we get that. But am I called? We can look, we can look even further into uh, the thought or even confirmation of who is called by looking into, I'm going to use a word here, Christianese, into the Christianese acronym APEST. For those of you who don't know what APEST is, it stands for Apostles, Prophets, Evangelism, or Evangelists, Shepherds, and Teachers. These people are pulled directly from Paul in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 by stating, and he, have, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, we have Matthew's 28 call, the Great Commission, and then Paul points us to the people who are called. The apostles, the, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers. And so, that brings us to our first point. We are all called. All of us. We are all called. And so here's the thing. We're all called, but we all have different assignments. That's why he lays out such a wide range of people. We have different assignments. I, here at Crosswinds, have held three different roles in four years. It's a lot. But I've been the creative arts director. That was my first role. Then I was connections director. And now I'm the student ministry pastor. My calling never once in those three positions changed. They're the exact same call. I was called to make disciples in the name of Jesus Christ. One thing that really pushed me into each of those roles were the people who were pouring into me and believing me and pointing me or nudging me to specific assignments that they believed God was nudging me towards. Crosswinds in that time never gave up on me specifically. Crosswinds as a whole, you guys, staff, friends, they never gave up. They knew that God had something bigger and better planned for me and never once did they hesitate to call out those things in me. And sometimes it takes people to step into that season of life or maybe whatever mode it is, it takes a person to step in to either get us to recognize our call and assignment or to pull us out of a situation where no fruit is being had. So we get to this point of recognizing that we are called. There's that first R, recognizing. We recognize that we are all called. And whether it's through the confirmation of the Great Commission, or it's the words of Paul, or it is done via someone you're close to, either way, if we recognize that we are called, then how do we live out that call? 
Okay, got it. I'm, I'm called. Sure, I've get, gotten to this point. I'm called. I've gotten over that hump. But I don't know how to do it, though. I'm not a pastor. I don't know how to do it. So how do we live out that call? If we know that because of the Great Commission that we are called to make disciples and we know who is called by Paul's proclamation, then how do we do that? Well, good thing, we just talked about mentoring, mentoring via David and reading about David. Our good friend and mentor Paul lays out some of these things again earlier in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. This has an emphasis on some practical things to be mindful of during our calls and assignment. And it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Those are some heavyweight things there. Let's be honest. The first of those three, or the first In those first three verses, for those who are called, he states, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So he doesn't deny that. He doesn't say, if you have or if you haven't, walk in this. No. Which you have been called with humility, gentleness, patience and love, and eager to maintain unity of the Spirit in peace. I don't hear no amens. (laughs) Heck yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's hard. Those are really, really, really hard things to do. And Paul lays that out for us. And he says these are not the easiest things for it to accomplish. As a matter of fact, for some of us, those things can be big roadblocks for many of us when it comes to acknowledging the fact that we are indeed called. For the longest time, I had put so much pressure on myself to continually perfect the ability of patience and humility that whenever I failed, I told myself, that's why you can't be a pastor. I put off pursuing ordination because I did not feel worthy enough to be called an ordained minister if I struggled with those things. Matter of fact, that was just up to a year and a half ago. The whole time, I was like, there's no possible way that I can be a pastor because I struggle with so many personality things, personality traits. But here's the thing. If we think to ourselves, if we are called, how are we supposed to accomplish that? We may be saying, uh, we may be saying how am I supposed to do that? And listen up, how am I supposed to do that if I'm just too unorganized? How am I supposed to do that if I'm, if I'm too loud? If I have too many people saying, if too many people are saying I'm immature, I can't do that. I can't be a pastor. Pastors are mature. Teachers are mature. I can't be that. I'm too broken. I've been through too much stuff. Nobody wants to listen to an old guy like me. I'm too upfront. I'm just too blunt. People don't like that. But let me ask you a question. Who told you that? Who told you that you weren't worthy enough to live out the call that God has placed on your life? Because I'm going to be honest. It wasn't anybody else. Our friend Paul in Ephesians 4, 20 through 25 says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which which belongs to your former manner of life 
and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. It doesn't matter what you or the enemy have told yourself. It does not matter. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You've already been built from the ground up to live out that call if you've accepted Christ. Put away that falsehood and live as Christ has commanded you to live. Live out your call confidently. For the last seven years, I had convinced myself that I was never going to be good or holy enough to be a pastor or even to pursue the idea of ordination. However, God had many, many different plans in that perspective. As soon as I started to rely on God and who he has made me to be and to live out my call confidently, things changed. And now I am set to be ordained next summer alongside my wife. So thank you, thank you. But because of those, because of those things that I had told and locked myself in with for seven years, I told myself, you're not holy enough, bub. Can't do it. Many of us have had assignments that place us into those areas where everything seems to be good. But then some of us get placed into an assignment where all is not good. Well, how do we get ourselves out of that spot? Or more importantly, what gets us through that spot? Or who? That brings us to our second point. You must rely on, the, on your understanding and knowledge of Christ and who he has designed you to be. Not who Satan has told you to be. Not who you yourself have told you to be. On who God has designed you to be. The creator. I went through this point in my life where I felt like no matter what I did, I was going nowhere. And I've shared this sometimes up here before. I wasn't offering anything to anyone in my job, and I struggled with being led. I felt like what I was bringing to, the, what I was bringing to God's kingdom wasn't good enough. It was in that moment, it was in that season, where I faced two options with my call. Do I want to receive the call that I know and have recognized God has put on my life and rely on him, do I want to recognize it and do I want to rely it or rely on him, or do I reject the call that I know I have recognized? Hear that part. Or do I reject the call I know that I've recognized? There's a term out there that most of us know, burnout. The definition of burnout is physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or stress. Some, some things also add in the fact that you're not give, you're not, there's no fruit being bearing. There's nothing happening. There are many studies out there that talk about the statistics of burnout, but a lot of the statistics point to say that around 50% of people experience burnout. But to be honest, it's more so that probably everyone encounters burnout sometime, some point in their life, but about 50% of people experience it. Because there's a difference between 
experiencing or encountering and experiencing it. The statistic, by the way, is not just worldly statistics, mind you. That's across the board. I can, I'd love to sit here and say that I've never experienced burnout, but, and that I've never questioned my call, but I did. And I did in that moment, in that moment, and what got me through my encounter with burnout was responding by receiving, or was, yeah, was responding by receiving and relying on God. I could recognize the call. I knew I was called. I had no doubt in that, really. There might have been moments, but at the end of the day, I could have said, yeah, okay, I get it because of Matthew and because of this, I'm called. But there was that moment that I had to choose if I was going to rely, if I was going to receive it or reject it. What got me through was receiving and relying on God. And I recognized my call and was, but was, was, was skeptical that I had to receive or reject it. What I'm trying to get out of this is that when we don't respond to the call that he has put on our life and we don't receive it, It is an uphill battle. Some of you, maybe most of you in some situations, have experienced that form of uphill battle. I'm a big dude. Big dude. I remember one of the first dates my wife and I went on. She took me to sand dunes. I was like, you must be crazy. I'm six foot, 350 pounds. You want me to go up that sand dune? I I can barely walk in sand straight. Anyways, you want me to go up a hill now? But it was an uphill battle that I was fighting. I couldn't go anywhere. As soon as I took a step, what happened? Whoop! Because I was 350. It was an uphill battle, and I couldn't win. That's the same thing when you choose to not receive the call God has placed on your life. It's an uphill battle. You'll take one step forward, you think you'll be doing good. Then you'll look back, and you'll realize that that was a couple days ago. You've gone so much farther back because you can't run away. You can. You can try. I'll be honest. You can try. I tried it. But at the end of the day, the call that God has put on your life, if you decide to not receive it, you will never be satisfied in that. In whatever you're doing, you'll never be satisfied if you do not receive the call. So there's two options in this response uh, to being called. You have to receive it or you reject it. And so at this point, I'm going to invite Elijah up to give us more of an in-depth look of what this concept means to respond to the call that God has for your life. Good morning. How are you? As Ryan said, my name is Elijah Merrill. For those of you uh, that don't know me, um, I have the privilege of working in our worship arts department here at Crosswinds alongside Dave Wright, our worship leader who was up here this morning, and Sheldon Boyce, our uh, technical arts assistant. Um, But uh, where my primary role within that department is that of the technical arts director. Um, But I also have the privilege and blessing of being able to uh, help step in and serve worship here at Crosswinds as well on occasion. I'm excited and incredibly thankful to have this opportunity to bring the truth of God's word uh, to you this morning alongside my dear brother Ryan. 
Ryan has already shared with us what it means to recognize God's call, how we are to rely on God within our calling, and then either respond to it or reject it. I love how Ryan explained just now that if we choose not to respond to God's call and plan for our lives, we are fighting an uphill battle. And I can relate to this so much in my own life. I've worked in uh, full-time ministry for over eight years now. And over that time, I've been involved in various ministries and events, uh, including NTS Camp. NTS Camp is a five-day camp for middle school and high school students where they engage in team competitions, sports tournaments, dance parties, and talent shows. But the camp's primary focus, though, however is for students to experience life change through the power of Jesus Christ by worshiping together, listening to intentional teachings, and engaging in breakout sessions, all with the goal for them to leave truly never the same. We leave uh, next Sunday as a, as, a, as a student ministry. Over 30 students and over 10-plus adults leave next Sunday for NTS camp, where I know, as someone who has been there before, how the spirit moves and how people are able to truly leave never the same. And we'll be praying over uh, those leaving next Sunday. In 2019, I attended NTS camp as a leader initially because I heard of the need that they had for more leaders. As the camp progressed, I sensed God working on my heart without understanding why. During the final session, the primary speaker challenged the hundreds there by saying, I know that God is calling some of you to full-time vocational ministry. I know that God is calling some of you to full-time vocational ministry. At that moment, the Lord brought clarity to my heart, and I knew what he had been trying to get me to see. He was calling me to become a pastor. Despite the call, I struggled to comprehend the purpose behind it. I was already working in full-time ministry, and I couldn't see why I should pursue a pastoral education and career. When the pandemic hit in March of 2020, the production side of my job here at Crosswinds became more intense. We went all video exclusively. And I told myself, now is not the time to focus on anything other than work. I, I don't have the time. I ignored and I rejected where God was trying to lead me and I focused on the task at hand. I used the excuse of needing to get so much work done that I was no longer thinking about how God's call could be different from what I was already doing. This would lead me down the path of slowly becoming burnt out and out of energy and drive for my job. I remember some days of waking up feeling rested but out of energy. Feeling rested and out of energy, the idea of going to work became so draining and stressful for me that I started to lose the love I had for my job altogether. I was feeling unsettled and exhausted. I remember in that season of my life, close friends coming up to me and saying, something is wrong. I've known you, I've worked with you for a long time, something's not right. I was unsettled and exhausted. During the season of my life, I was occasionally asked to help lead worship here at Crosswinds. Each time I felt God nudging me towards something, but I resisted it and I dismissed it. One Sunday, though, after over two years of rejecting God's plan, everything that could have gone wrong before a service went wrong. 
okay? Due to a major event the night before, I barely got any sleep. We had uh, technical difficulties during practice, and my voice was slowly recovering from a cold. Then, for the cherry on top, right before we went out to the stage to sing for worship, I spilled a whole cup of water all over my pants. <laughs> and this is an important detail of this story. I wasn't like trying to carry a bunch of stuff and have water. I was sitting in a chair and just... <laughs> that moment happened and the whole team was like... <gasps> Gasp in the room, all the air... We couldn't believe what had just happened. Now, spilling water on yourself isn't that big a deal, okay? I recognize that. But at this moment, with everything leading up to it that morning, it just served as the final straw. Filled with anxiety, I quickly tried to dry myself off as best as I could. And then we as a team, with only a few minutes left, uh, we sat and we prayed as a team before we go out, like we always do. And we prayed, Lord, may you be magnified and lifted up. Have your will be done as your spirit moves among your people. When the service started and we got into worship, every anxious thought and bit of worry I had rooted in me just melted away. While we were singing and lifting our praises to God, I heard him say to me, Elijah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to serve me by helping to lead my people in worship. Despite the morning's challenges and my struggle for control, God used those circumstances and my moment of weakness to draw me closer to himself. He showed me that I needed to let go and trust him even in moments of imperfection. After that Sunday, I spoke to a few of my close friends and mentors and I told them about the experience that I had and I told them what I felt as though the Lord was calling me to do, what I felt like I had heard him say to me. And one of them even said, Elijah, it's obvious this is what the Lord wants you to do. So after much prayer and way too much overthinking it and too much water spilled, I took a step of faith and obedience to the Lord's call in my life and I officially began my journey to become a pastor. I am on track to be officially licensed in the Wesleyan Church by the end of this year. I found that throughout my faith journey, God rarely moves and acts the way that I think he's going to. More often than not, he leads me and guides me to things that weren't even on my radar. You see, I had already recognized God's call for my life, and I pursued a career in full-time ministry. Why would God be calling me to something different? Surely I hadn't been doing the wrong thing all of these years. What took me far too long to realize is that God wasn't giving me a new calling. He was giving me a different assignment within the calling he gave me years ago. I love how Ryan shared about his different roles that he's had at Crosswinds, just even in his time here. And I think about the, the, the different roles that he has had in his years of ministry before Crosswinds. Just as Ryan said in the beginning, we are all called. 
Within God's perfect plan, he called me to full-time ministry and assigned to me a specific role to play. Then, years later, within his perfect timing, he gave me a new assignment. My calling to serve him hasn't changed. How he wants me to serve him has. We are all called by God to do the work of the saints and to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. The Lord has given us a great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. Within this grand calling that he has placed on each of our lives, what is God specifically calling you to do within his perfect plan? What is God specifically calling you to do within his perfect plan. God has a specific assignment for you, a unique mission within this calling he has for each and every one of us. It is specifically for you. And make sure you catch this this morning. God calls us all to specific assignments for seasons of our lives that collectively help to advance his kingdom. We are all going to be called a pastor. Ryan said that. We are all going to be called to full-time ministry. Maybe your calling is to be a teacher. To be a minister of the gospel by showing God's love and grace to kids whose society labels as the least of these. Maybe God's calling on your life is for you to have an office job where you serve your coworkers every day the way that Jesus would and show them compassion and love. Maybe God is saying to you, I want you to be my hands and feet and minister to all you come in contact with. Whether you're a mechanic, a cashier, a restaurant host, waitress, contractor, bank teller, you fill in the blank. God has a unique call and assignment for you within his perfect plan to use you for the advancement of his kingdom. What is God specifically calling you to do within his perfect plan? And just imagine for a moment. Imagine the impact that we could have on this region and beyond if we all embraced the call that God has for each and every one of us and championed being everyday missionaries in our everyday mission field. Oftentimes, I think we can get caught up in the idea that if we don't do it, someone else will. I know God wants me to do it, but if I don't, I know he'll get someone else. Yes and no. God is not limited by our willingness to follow his will for our lives. Okay, his power goes beyond that. But that doesn't mean that God has a bunch of different people lined up for something and says, well, let's see who's willing to do it this time. God's call and plan for you is unique to you, and it's non-transferable. Look at Romans 11.29. Paul writes to the church in Rome, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The giftings and skills that God has given you, the calling that he has placed on your life is yours and yours alone. Your calling is not my calling and vice versa. You were made uniquely in God's image for a specific purpose with unique gifts and abilities. I'll give you an example. I am not called to be a kid's ministry pastor or a kid's ministry director, or at least I don't think so. But you know what? Aaron is our kid's ministry pastor. 
Vanessa is our kids' ministry pastor. Maddie is one of our kids' ministry directors. God has placed a unique call on their lives with giftings and abilities that allow them to show love and God's grace to children in ways that are better than I could. It's a unique calling and a gifting and ability that God has given to them. And it's important that we embrace those unique spiritual gifts, those things that God has given to us within our calling. I love what the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says in 1 Corinthians 1.17, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Paul recognized that God had called each of us to something unique with specific spiritual gifts, and he recognized the importance for us to pursue that call. God's plan consists of each of us living in the calling that he has for us together in unity for the fulfillment and the advancement of his kingdom. We need to lead the life that the Lord has assigned to us. Our unique callings and assignments from God are irrevocable. Who are we to deny the creator of all things and respond to him by saying, get somebody else? I don't want to. Get somebody else. To deny the call that God has placed on your life is to take a step of disobedience. To deny the call that God has placed on your life and respond to his calling and say, I want to actively try and live in my own plan. God's plan is perfect, church. You know what that makes our plan? Imperfect, faulty, flawed, incomplete. God's plan is perfect, but within that perfect plan, you need to rely on him and lean into the calling he has for your life. Otherwise, as Ryan said, we are fighting an uphill battle. You are dysfunctioning within a flawed and incomplete plan. One of the things that Ryan and I came to the conclusion of when we were preparing for this message is that both of us have gone through a season in our lives where we either recognized the call that God had for us but didn't respond to it, or we felt lost and unsettled because we couldn't recognize the call God had for us because we weren't relying on him in the first place. It's a continual process of relying on God, recognizing his call, and then either responding to it or rejecting it. And by the way, you can recognize the call and respond to it and still feel unsettled. How, you might be wondering. If you begin to do what I did and start to rely on your own strength and wisdom to fulfill that call. That means you can be doing the task that God wanted you to do and know deep in your heart that it's what God has called you to do, but it still leads to burnout and exhaustion and unsettledness if you don't fully rely on what God is calling you to do and if you don't fully rely on God to give you the strength that you need to get through it. So how do we do this? It starts with relying on God. So our big question this morning, are you relying on God? Are you relying on God? When you rely on God and put your focus and attention on him, he will guide you to the calling and assignment he has for you. 
How will you respond to it? How will you respond to it? God is faithful with his promises, and he has promises that say, I have this calling for you. That's not the problem. How will we respond to it? Maybe you're here and you're pursuing the unique call that he has placed on your life. If you are, that's awesome. That's so good. Keep going. Rely on God with your whole self and keep pursuing his call. Have confidence and boldness in knowing that you are doing exactly what the king has called you to do. I have, I have dealt and struggled in my life with, with imperfection and, and, and just, I, just my identity and finding who I truly am. I can't begin to express to you the amount of confidence and peace that I have experienced just in this short time from finally relying on God and recognizing the call he has for my life. If you're not following after that call, I implore you, seek after God's perfect plan. Rely on him and pursue that call. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're not enough or that you can't do it. Because guess what? God doesn't call anyone to anything that they can't do when they are relying on him. God will absolutely call you to something that you can't do on your own. That's kind of what he does. But he does not call anyone to anything that they can't do when they are relying on him. Maybe you're sitting here and thinking, I can't, I'm not equipped, I don't know. Well, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. If you rely on him and pursue the call he has placed on your life, he will give you every bit of strength and wisdom you need to do it. Maybe you're saying, I felt that nudge from the Lord before, but it's too late. I've waited too long. God honored David's calling and how he anointed him despite his actions. God continued to pursue me even though I rejected his call for over two years. Through God's gift of grace, if he is calling you to something and you feel it in your heart, it's not too late. God's grace is sufficient for you and his power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. If you're here and you're saying, look, I don't even know Jesus. I've never relied on him before then that's your next step. I encourage you in the quietness of your own heart to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Don't settle for less than what God has in store for you. Don't live a life feeling unsettled, doubtful, and insecure. I don't know the full extent of God's plan. The, the knowledge of that and the wisdom of that is far beyond anything that I can comprehend. But what I do know is that living outside of his plan and living unsettled and living insecure and living doubtful is not the way that he has called us to live. And it is not part of his plan. If you are here, if you're watching in the chapel, if you're watching online, you're watching this message later and you have made that decision to say, I don't want to live this way anymore. 
I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. Congratulations. You've just made the biggest decision you ever will in your life and the most important one. And we as Crosswinds, we want to walk alongside you and partner with you and give you some of the resources that you might need to take the next step that you have. We have what's called a yes box and we want to give that to you. So please, if you're here on campus, come talk to us after service. Ryan and I will be up here for a little bit. Come talk to us. We want to talk to you. If you're watching online, you can click that yes box button and uh, we'll send you one of those as well. But church, no matter where you're at, wherever your next step it is, it all starts with relying on God. It all starts with relying on God. Will you pray with me? Father God, we praise you and we thank you for this morning. Lord, we are in your house. We praise you and we thank you for this place that we're able to worship you, to gather together. Father God, I pray for each and every one of us here this morning. Lord, you have a unique call specifically for us. Would we rely on you and put our faith and our trust in you? Take that step of obedience in what you're calling us to do and pursue that call. God, you want so desperately to give us the peace, to give us the strength and the wisdom to do your work. Would we trust in you? Would we put our faith and our confidence in you, Father God, and you and you alone? I pray for hearts this morning. As you work in big ways and you also work in subtle ways, would our hearts be open and attuned to what you have in store for us? Would we recognize the call that you have on our lives and would we respond to it? Father God, I'm excited to see what is in store for each and every one of us when we take that next step and we pursue what you have planned for our lives. We praise you and we thank you. It is in your precious and holy name that we pray.